Attorney General Garland, let, let me just ask you, does your department have a problem with anti-Catholic bias? And, uh, our department um, is uh, 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 protects all religions um, and all ideologies. It does not have uh, any uh, bias against any religion of any kind. Well, you could have surprised me because given the resources that you are expending and the apparently intelligence assets that you are deploying against Catholics, it appears, and other people of faith while simultaneously turning a blind eye while people are executed gang style in the streets of our cities, including in my home state. Uh, your answer, frankly, surprises me. Well, there you go. That was, uh, that was, of course, Josh Hawley uh, in one of several heated discussions with Merrick Garland last week. And uh, to analyze that very, I think, um, pivotal discussion and really exposing Merrick Garland uh, for all of uh, all of all he's worth is uh, Chris Arps, who, of course, you hear on the <coughs> Jones and Arps show from three thirty to six every day on News Talk STL. Chris, how you doing today? Dr. Tobler, good morning. How are you, sir? I am good. Boy, I know you guys talked about it, but that was some <laughs> riveting um, questioning. I think Merrick Garland showed he danced like a Fred Astaire, not only with uh, his responses to Hawley, but but also to Ted Cruz. What's your overall reaction to uh, how the screw is turning in terms of revealing uh, Merrick Garland's tenure at justice? Well, it was a little disconcerting hearing his answer. Anything regarding religious liberty, you think that the politician, especially in his position, would have a packed answer ready to go, and he seemed kind of hesitant about it. You know, Dr. Tobler, I really do think that uh, Merrick Garland still has something in his craw uh, regarding not being placed on the Supreme Court. You remember how that got held up uh, during the 2020 election. So I think that plays into a lot of his decisions. I think he's he's angry. And what was really surprising on Friday, uh, we learned that Aaron Brockovich, the, the famous uh, environmental uh, activist who had a movie uh, made about her life, she was placed on some type of special eco-terrorist list uh, because she was heading to uh, East Palestine, Ohio, for the train disaster. Uh, the government has walked it back a bit and said that this is troubling. But it just shows that uh, this government, the surveillance state government, puts everybody under surveillance, it seems like, no matter who you are. Yeah, all you have to do is uh, is be a parent that shows up and objects to critical race theory, whether it's by, whether it's named that or by some other name at your local school board, and, the, and they've got their tar you got a target on your back. I mean, we really live in a in a frightening time, I think, in this country. But you know, Chris, I get the sense that that people are willing to take the hit to make the point, and more and more Americans in Middle America. And I mean, demographically are beginning to get it. I think about the teacher in California who refused to uh, abide by a school policy when they were trying to transition some kid. And they and she let the parents know she got fired for it. But she stood by her guns. I don't yeah. know if you saw her on. I think her name is Tapio. You saw her on, on top mm -hmm. the other night. I think we are now becoming the resistance. It's not the left anymore. I think middle America and those with our values, we've always been the majority. But, of course, you know, the mainstream and the left coast and right coast, of course, they are the ones that are putting out their propaganda. But I really do think this country is center right. And I think evident of that 
is the new movie Jesus Revolution that came out last weekend. Uh, my wife and I went to go see it last Sunday. It was an excellent movie. Um, it has already surpassed uh, expectations for its opening. And it shows once again, Dr. Tobler, that, you know, these Hollywood blockbuster movies that they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars to produce aren't having the gains that they think they should have. But these movies that have family Christian values, uh, once again, do very, very well. And I just think that's a reflection of where this country really is at morally. Boy, it's so, it's so good to hear you talk about that because I was so heartened and just you know, I have a new sense of optimism and renewed hope for cultural revival. Uh, and I chose the word revival on purpose because uh, I think that's connected to what the founding fathers recognized that when when you have a degree of liberty like this country was founded to have to give to the well to keep for the people from the government um, you have to have as John Adams and others said a religious and moral people you look at what happened in Asbury College in Kentucky young people just streaming yeah. in from all corners of the country really gratifying to see isn't it Chris it is and you know my pastor the pastor Timothy Cowan the Rock Church uh, in Rock Hill he and uh, senior pastors of our church, they went to the uh, Asbury uh, revival a couple of weeks ago. They had to wait outside, I think, three hours outside the door because it was uh, just so packed. But it's really encouraging to see that. And Dr. Tobler, I think what has helped encourage um, this also is the COVID-19 pandemic, where we saw the government, uh, as you said, uh, during the school board meetings, uh, parents were labeled as terrorists. Um, if you didn't get a COVID-19 shot, you couldn't work and, and you were ostracized. So I think that has uh, rekindled the freedom movement here in this country was just all the excesses uh, from the pandemic. And, you know, Chris, not to get too religious, but, you know, we talk about culture being upstream from politics and how important that is. And, you, you know, you look at the at the the status of mental health among our youth in this country, young men that are lost and lonely reports coming out. They're not forming relationships, um, social media, uh, especially when it comes to young women and, and, and teenage girls trying to live up to these false phony narratives that they see mm -hmm. on TikTok and you know, all these contrived things. And, and then you, you look at the same time of how when human beings in Washington, D.C. try to dictate and solve the problems for Chris and Randy and Leah and others and in their lives, their daily lives and their interactions with people, human beings are not ultimately the, the, the solution to all of our problems. And I think that's where people are going to start to connect knots that you have to look to someone higher and someone stronger than you. Maybe that will all coalesce as we move forward in the next year or two. Well, you know, Randy, there's an old saying in the Bible, uh, what's, uh, what's old is new again, or there's nothing new under the sun. And, uh, yeah. you know, our nation was founded on Christian values, on Judeo-Christian values. Uh, most of the founders were either Christians or, or theists. Mm -hmm. um, you look at all of our founding documents, um, God is all through them. Um, we've gotten away from God since the 60s in a Supreme Court decision. And I think there's a direct correlation between taking God out of society and the devolution of society that we have now. And, uh, you know, there are those in power that want to put God in a box or take God out of society. But I think many Americans are realizing that we need to put God back into our society so we can have some type of morality back in our society. And I think a lot of people, including myself, 
want our country to get back to where it, it was before it's too late, before God right. you know, puts judgment on this nation. And there's no doubt that, and, and many of the founding fathers struggled with the inconsistency between those Judeo-Christian principles of treating your brother and sister right. on this planet like you should. And I think they struggled with that and finally got it right uh, over a century. Well, actually started to get it right over a century ago and then yeah. finally got it right in the 60s with the civil rights yeah. legislation. Yeah. But but that's another story. Hey, speaking of getting it right, mm-hmm. the city sure. of St. Louis needs to get it right when it comes to <laughs> Uh, prosecution. Uh, play that clip, if you will, uh, Leah. Here's Leo Terrell's thought on Kim Gardner. I'd like to hear Chris Arp's thought on Kim Gardner after this. Sorry, which one is this? Oh, that's number seven. Number seven. Clip seven. Okay. Kim Gardner is a train wreck. She, there's a, there a young 16-year-old girl who lost her legs because a armed robber who broke bond 40 different times ran into this young lady Volleyball while she player. was in yeah. St. Louis. Volleyball player. This woman, is, Gardner is a train wreck. You know what she's throwing in right now? She's playing the race card against the governor. That's mm. what they do. Kim Gardner is incompetent. Kim Gardner are, is hurting the people of color in the city of St. Louis and all people. The problem... You know, Chris, having trained at Washington University and spending, well, eight years in training and then practicing there for years after that down at the, you know, down at the the Kings Highway in 40 there, man, I, it's the St. St. Louis, I never had the feeling of it being a dangerous place. And I think most Americans and certainly Missourians now think of St. Louis as a dangerous place, thanks to the likes of Kim Gardner. Your thoughts? Uh, no doubt. I mean, this case with Janae Edmondson, the volleyball player from Tennessee, has put the crime problem that St. Louis has uh, right in front of America's uh, eyes. You know, I remember reading a report uh, last Thursday, or last yesterday, actually, in the Post-Dispatch that said Kim Gardner's um, office is at the lowest staffing level it has ever been. She's having a, a great deal of uh, problems trying to keep people within the office. Look, I understand her supporters' argument that, look, she was elected not only once but twice. Um, she is the elected prosecutor. She should be uh, in the job until uh, the people remove her. I get that argument. But when it comes to a prosecutor where you're supposed to put dangerous people behind bars and keep her safe, keep us safe, and she's not doing that, I think you can make a reasonable case to remove her that she is a public health menace. She is a threat to society, uh, to St. Louis community, because she's not doing her job. And I think that is more than enough grounds to remove her. Hmm. Now, an article in the Missouri Independent says that uh, some you know, seasoned prosecutors have said, yeah, she probably needs to go. But the legislative route, which is underway, uh-huh. and there's several different lines of attack. One is public pressure. Even Tashara Jones has said, hey, she really needs to. <laughs> she stopped just short of calling for a resignation, yeah. you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, I think the AG, Andrew Bailey, has filed suit and some have said that that's the quickest way to get her out rather than waiting for a law to pass and then get signed and a special prosecutor. What, what are your thoughts on the, the best way to restore some sanity to prosecution in the city? Well, I'll tell you one thing. Anything that we read in the Missouri Independent, we have to take with a grain of salt. Uh, the Missouri Independent is a group of newspapers uh, that are around the country that are financed by, guess who? 
George Soros. And of course, George Soros, uh, funded, uh, Tim Gardner's campaigns and other, uh, progressive prosecutors' campaigns around the country. So I take what they say, uh, with a grain of salt. But as I said earlier, Randy, she's a public health menace. She is not doing her job. The criminals know that. They are brazen now. We saw last week or earlier this week of a homeless man that was assassinated in broad daylight uh, right downtown, just a few blocks from from the radio station. So she's got to go. And uh, the fact that uh, Corey Bush, who is uh, part of the Black Girl Magic Trio with Deshara Jones, the fact that, you know, she has not directly criticized um, the, the, uh, the, the circuit attorney, but she hasn't been as supportive, um, as you would have thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Leah, if you'll get number six, clip six left, because I was talking with, by the way, coming up, uh, the next segment, we're going to be talking with uh, retired police Sergeant James Dandridge. <coughs> Jim Dandridge's son, of course, was, uh, uh, was a victim of a, of a robbery, uh, an armed robbery, and there was all kinds of confusion in the office and uh, became a big story. He was on Fox News. We're going to be talking to him about uh, his thoughts about Kim Gardner, and it's, it's going to be quite an, an enlightening interview, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, Chris, I was talking about how there is hope, and I'm seeing, um, you know, we're talking about revival culturally, pushback from conservative everyday Americans, whether they're really truly conservative or middle of the road, doesn't matter. Um, the, the the citizens of the city of Chicago <laughs> made a bold statement that I hope becomes a template for uh, what else is happening around the country. Take a listen. Let me just uh, do this. So thank you and, and thank everyone so much. Um, I feel a lot of love in this room as I've felt every step of the way on this journey. Uh, I've called Brandon Johnson and Paul Vallis uh, to congratulate them on their victories in advancing uh, to the runoffs. We were fierce competitors in these last few months, um, but I will be rooting and praying for our next mayor to deliver uh, for the people of the city for years to come. Your class Thank you. Now, Chris, uh, one of the... Uh one of the uh, candidates is the uh, former uh, superintendent of schools there. The other is, uh, I think, is likely, Brandon Johnson is likely to carry on the uh, loose on, on crime uh, uh, policies of Lori Lightfoot. Uh, any you have any inside analysis on that? Any background? What do you think? What are the polls saying? What, which way is it going to go? You know, the one of the candidates was it was the former Chicago uh, public school administrator. I think also he was a uh, public school administrator in uh, Philadelphia as well. Uh, I like him because he is talking tough on crime. Um, he says that we need to buckle down on on some of the measures that the police are not doing, uh, that the politicians are, are not doing, being soft on crime. So I like him. I just hope that he doesn't turn out to be another uh, Eric Adams from New York, who is a former police commissioner, uh, police uh, uh, official who talked big on crime that he was going to clean up New York City. And uh, when he got into office, he kind of did a U-turn a little bit on it. So I hope um, he doesn't take that direction. But Mayor Beetlejuice was arguably the worst uh, <laughs> mayor in the country. I mean, she antagonized everyone from the media to even people, African-Americans, who were supposed to be her, her main constituency. So good riddance. And I think she is another symptom of 
a diversity hire. She was she was basically elected because she was black and she was gay, gay and she's female and all of that. And we've seen with some of these people in um, in uh, Biden's administration who are diversity appointment hires that they aren't really qualified to do the job. And I think he fits along that same category. Yeah, I know uh, the, the the residents of Chicago clicked all of the DEI boxes with her, and that led to too many young young people of color in Chicago ending up in boxes, and that's yeah, yeah. it's got to stop. Yeah, hey Chris Harps, I love when we talk, man. We got to get together more often, and uh, thanks for having me on your show on Thursday afternoons. Really appreciate that when I get to chat with you and Tim. So uh, thanks for your crisp analysis. Uh, We looking forward to Newsmax again Thursday morning. You on every Thursday? Thursday morning, five thirty, six and seven. Wake up, America! All righty, I love it. Hey, thanks, Chris. Good talking. Thanks for having me, Doc. Appreciate it. All right. There he is, Chris Arps from the Jones and Arps Show every day here on News Talk STL 1019-941. Of course, 3.30 to 6, Monday through Friday. It's a can't-miss listen. Coming up, retired police sergeant Jim Dandridge on his uh, involvement and his thoughts about his family's involvement with the tragic uh, crash that uh, went on uh, here in uh, a young volleyball player, a visitor to St. Louis, lost her legs. Straight ahead. Make sure you stay tuned for this. program it's a pleasure to introduce retired police sergeant jim dandridge who uh made such a powerful powerful testimony uh both in the the missouri uh legislature this last week as well as on fox news and we saw it and it is so riveting i wanted to uh, bring his story to you because it really intersects with what happened to this young volleyball player from uh, uh from tennessee uh, janae edmondson sergeant dandridge thanks for joining me i really appreciate this you're welcome. Good morning. Tell me a little bit about uh, the story uh, involving the miscues. Let's just say the absolute prosecutorial malpractice that Kim Gardner's office uh, did in relation to uh, the goings around with your son and armed robbery and how that probably was, um, if it had been handled better, maybe this lady would have her legs, young Janae Edmondson. Tell us the story. Well, my son was robbed. It'll be three years ago this August by three individuals. Um, so we had a hearing set for last August, but the prosecutor wasn't ready in the case. You know, the fact she just got married and a heavy caseload. So she basically, uh, they know he passed the case, dumped the case and had to get it reissued. So fast forwarding into the other day when Miss Edmondson got struck by the car, um, that was the first time I was notified. Actually, the media called me and said, um, in that case, the subject that hit Miss Edmondson, Daniel Riley, he had robbed somebody, but that the victim of that robbery was deceased. And I thought that was kind of odd because that's my son. So the mishap occurred, I guess, a year before that when another co-suspect had shot somebody else downtown while under house arrest. That victim later was killed in a homicide about four months later. Uh, this unfortunate victim had the same first name as my son. And according to the victim services and the circuit attorney's office, they inadvertently had checked the box linking that other victim as the same as mine, and my son was deceased as well. 
And what's kind of funny, not really funny, but on the day I called the circuit attorney's office, which was Tuesday the 21st, and informed them that my son was not deceased, um, they said it was a computer error or they may check the wrong box. Little did I know that this other suspect had a court hearing that same day. And the defense attorney on the second suspect uh, made a motion to have the case dismissed because once again, my son was still deceased. And uh, since then, they've had to refile the charges, and uh, everything just kind of blown up from there. But I, I don't. I guess my question would be: If these three subjects committed armed robbery, why are they out under ankle uh, house arrest with an ankle bracelet? Why did this Daniel Riley violate this house arrest basically a hundred times, and nothing happened to him? And as a victim, why weren't we notified that he's out roaming the streets? Uh, committing other acts of violence. You know, Sergeant Dandridge, this is the kind of stuff that you can't make up if you tried. I mean, Tom Clancy couldn't write this kind of story about such incompetence leading to, well, just the failure to, to see justice for your son. On the one hand, what a harrowing experience that must be to be held up at gunpoint. And of course, what it led to because of the failure to prosecute and the failure to uh, incarcerate and then of course the the failure to recognize bonds and you know it was reported that uh, bond violations it was reported that as you mentioned with multiple scores of bond violations with the ankle bracelet thing and as i as i understand it the circuit attorney's office kim gardner's office was trying to claim that the court is notified of those by the gps company and it's their responsibility to reel the victim back in, uh, the, 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 uh, the charge, the accused back in. And the court says, no, a court spokesman said, no, 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 not at all. Now, as a police veteran and expert, what's the truth there? I mean, what should happen when there are these kinds of bond violations and someone escapes their house arrest? Well, it's the prosecutor is the one that brings charges to the judge. The judge doesn't bring charges to them. So when they were notified of all these violations, they should have notified the judge and informed them of this. And that's where they, I believe they failed. Um, I could maybe understand one or two mishaps, but when you're talking a hundred and this guy's under a house arrest for a robbery, I mean, this isn't someone who just stole a car or was shoplifting. This is a violent crime. And, he was, and they were armed with guns. Um, yeah. She failed all of us. She failed this young lady. She failed all the St. Louisans. And she should be held accountable. Can you, uh, we're talking with Sergeant James Dandridge, a uh, retired police sergeant whose son was held up uh, by three men, one of whom was Daniel Riley uh, at gunpoint in 2020. And then um, and he broke all of his bond violations. And then, of course, was on, on a bond violation when the car crash resulting in the amputation of Janae Edmondson's legs occurred. Um, how would you describe the Senate testimony that you did the other day and the the emotion within the room, the response from the, the various senators asking you questions. How did that go? Give us a little blow by blow on that. It went uh, very well. Some people spoke before me about some of Ms. Gar Ms. Gardner's inabilities, if you will. And I got up there and I introduced myself as retired sergeant. But as I still told the Senate, I'm here as a father. And I'm speaking on behalf of my father and, and, and his rights um, of my son. I mean, and it was very well taken. I mean, the Senate looked at me, they, they 
really had no questions. Um, they thanked me for uh, my testimony. They thanked me for coming to Jefferson City. Um, I, it, I came out with a real positive feeling from speaking with the senators. That's great. What? What? I, I'm just curious as a background, uh, you know, context. What does your son say about all of this? I mean, he's not seen justice. If there had been proper justice, and there's so many opportunities lost. What is what is his what are his emotions, you know, not only about what happened to him, but this young lady? It must be really swirling in his mind. We saw the news article about this young lady today losing her legs. My son was really kind of set back. He's like, how could this have happened to her when he's supposed to be under house arrest? And that's a joke in itself, house arrest. But I mean, him and I both feel the same way that we have to prevent this from happening to someone else's child coming to St. Louis. Um, yeah. You know, in this whole process now, it'll be three years this August. Um, why does it take this long? Um, something should, I mean, it shouldn't take that long. That's all I'm saying. This is a robbery case. And these three individuals were allowed to roam our streets and continue. Who knows how many other victims are going to come forward that they've, they've came across. Yeah. yeah. So having devoted your life to protecting the public and watching what's been happening with the Soros-backed uh, prosecutors, not only in here in St. Louis, but across the area, across the nation. I hear from police officers from, uh, well, I, I frequently talk with Betsy Brantner-Smith from the National Police Officers Association. How frustrating and how demoralizing is it for current and former officers like you um, to watch these crimes go unpunished, to watch these criminals, and, and which not only puts the public, but you at and, and your colleagues, brothers and sisters uh, in, in law enforcement at risk. How, how demoralizing is that, Jim? Well, that's, that's a big problem with the turnover in the city of St. Louis. Prosecutors in other jurisdictions are stepping up and doing their job. Um, the guys here in St. Louis, guys and ladies, um, they're doing, they'll get a report done, and they're right back on the street before they've been done with the report half the time. And they're repeating this, they're arresting the same offenders over and over and over. It seems like our prosecutor in St. Louis looks for a reason not to issue the case because it needs more work for her. Um, and and it's, it, it's, it's devastating to morale, and that's why we have such a high turnover rate. Yeah. And yet, you know, she comes back, and it's, it's you know, from, from her perspective, from Lori Lightfoot's perspective up, up in Chicago, where it's the same story, different city, um, <laughs> It's they made they turn it into a racial issue. I, I don't imagine a law enforcement officer cares about anyone's, you know, race when it's a matter of, you know, you have a bad guy out here. We caught him. We want him prosecuted. And there's such negligence. I mean, it's the very people that these folks should be um, protecting are electing people who don't want to protect them. And it's got to stop. I'm so thankful that you're vocal about it. Well, that's when this happened. I, I felt so sorry for his Jerry Edmondson and I kind of felt maybe if I would have pursued this more and found out what the status of the suspect is he'd be confined and this would never have happened uh, but as a victim um, this gardener's office isn't really good at notifying us what's going on like I said we had no idea he's still out on with all these bond violations it's absurd um, you know every time she doesn't issue a warrant on a, on a dangerous phone they feel emboldened to go out and do it again Recently, we just had a homicide, 10.30 in the morning, literally seven blocks from her office in the middle of the street. 
that that subject felt like he could just get away with anything, get away with murder, actually, without any repercussions. You know, it, Rudy Giuliani, I think, taught all of America and law enforcement in general knew it. But if you if you make criminals accountable at at what are now called minor crimes that most prosecutors in metro areas don't even prosecute. But if you start early and teach them that, no, we're not going to let you get away with that. Um, it, it worked. New York City was a different place. And look how it's deteriorated, you know, under, uh, you know, subsequent administrations. I. Uh, again, I guess the the plea here is, you know, let's let's when the police do their job, the pr- prosecutors have to do their job, or we're going to see this going on and on and on, aren't we? Oh yeah, well, I mean, when you start ignoring the little violations, the bigger ones just come to follow, and it, it, it's really aggravating. I mean, like I said, we see it here in St. Louis all the time. Unfortunately, we do get a bad rap here in St. Louis. For the rest of the community, that's really pretty nice where I live. That I live in South St. Louis, and I'm proud to say I'm a city resident. But unfortunately, these bad apples seem to shine more than the good apples. Yeah. Wow. Hey, well, listen, I really appreciate you being with us. And thank thank you so much for just pulling back the curtain on the corruption, the incompetence, the prosecutorial malpractice that is Kim Gardner's circuit attorney office, retired Sergeant James Dandridge. Jim, thank you so very much. And thank you for your dedicated service all the years. And it keeps on going because of your your principled service to uh, to to this community and frankly to the country. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate you being with me. Thank you, Randy. Thank you for having me. All right. There he is, retired Sergeant James Dandridge, and you feel the pain in his voice that uh, he watches these things go on and he knows the solution. Every officer knows the solution. I think good prosecutors know the solution. And uh, certainly every citizen knows it. I'm Randy Tobler. We'll come back. Your thoughts on this. If you'd like to join me with the conversation regarding this issue, 314-912-1019. We'll come back and wrap it up right after this on The Randy Tobler Show. News Talk, STL 1019-941. Welcome back to the program. Hey, thanks for being with me. Uh, if you've not been able to be with us all morning, we've had a, a really busy show And uh, I know you've got things to do and maybe Saturday morning's time to sleep in. But as with all the shows, you can uh, you can navigate to the podcast page uh, and uh, on NewstalkSTL.com and catch it. Uh, Earlier in the show, we uh, we did a uh, we did a segment called uh, what I call the the weekly bag of wind. And it's basically what I think are some of the select clips of the week. We played the creepy clip of the week, the, uh, the the scary clip of the week, the hypocritical clip of the week, the funny clip of the week. Well, we didn't quite get to the high impact clip of the week, the one that I think really tells a story. And this one's a little bit long. I wouldn't normally play a two minute clip, but it's important because Dr. Marty McCary or McCary, who is from Johns Hopkins up in Baltimore and a, and a very, very um, uh, a credible Uh, voice in the whole COVID narrative Um, and one who I started following earlier as uh, as the science changed and he realized it and Jay Bhattacharya and I and others realized it and we started modifying what we originally thought as you should do with science all along the government still on the CDC page still is promoting vaccines for people that I think it just doesn't seem justified for particularly in this environment we've talked about that previously but he summed it up in a in a uh, in a testimony in the Senate, uh, the Select Senate Subcommittee on Coronavirus Pandemic. Take a listen. 
The greatest perpetrator of misinformation during the pandemic has been the United States government. Misinformation that COVID was spread through surface transmission, that vaccinated immunity was far greater than natural immunity, that masks were effective. Now we have the definitive Cochrane review. What do you do with that review? Cochrane is the most authoritative evidence body in all of medicine and has been for decades. Do you just ignore it, not talk about it? That myocarditis was more common after the infection than the vaccine. Not true. It's four to 28 times more common after the the vaccine. That young people benefit from a booster. Misinformation. Our two top experts on vaccines quit the FDA in protest over this particular issue, pushing boosters in young, healthy people. The data was never there. That's why the CDC never disclosed hospitalization rates among boosted Americans under age 50. The vaccine mandates would increase vaccination rates. The George uh, Mason University study shows it didn't. It did one thing. It created never vaxxers who are now not getting the childhood vaccines they need to get. Over and over again, we've seen something that goes far beyond using your best judgment with the information at hand. We've seen something which is unforgivable, and that is the weaponization of medical research itself. The C CDC putting out their own shoddy studies, like their own study on natural immunity, looking at one state for two months, when they had data for years on all 50 states. Why did they only report that one sliver of data? Why did they salami slice the giant database? Because it gave them the result they wanted. Same with masking study. Well, the data has now caught up in giant systematic reviews and the public health officials were intellectually dishonest. They lied to the American people. Thank you. Well, that sums up the whole COVID narrative. That's the outline for a book that the historians, if they're honest, will write. And um, yeah, there'll be more to come out. We heard about the Wuhan lab leak that now by a second government agency, in this case, uh, you know, it's not the FBI and it was low level uh, evidence, but Department of Energy. Still, I think it's common sense. And, uh, you know, the, the as Dr. Macri said, the real long-term damage done here, not only to our children in terms of their quality, and one study says their quantity of life by virtue of the lockdowns and the isolation and the lack of socialization, the delay in education and development that occurs along with just short absences from school. We know that from prior studies. That's unforgivable, but there's longer term, broader uh, implications for the, for the entire population, including a lack of trust in formerly trusted and, and credible institutions like the CDC. How do they regain that trust? It's going to take a long time and it's going to take probably a change in administration, a change in culture, and a bit of humility. We don't see humility on the climate change front either, do we? They're using fear-mongering. I'm John Kerry, and unless you make different choices, the world is coming to an end. As he jumps on his Gulf Stream that's, you know, guzzling tens of thousands of gallons of high-grade aviation fuel on their trips to Davos where the elite meet to eat. The government, whether it's through the DOJ 
whether it's through government officials fear-mongering on the climate change and demagoguing, whether it's with COVID, the government is regularly and by default using fear and intimidation to control the population. That is not the underpinning of our foundations, which was, of course, we the people allow the government to do what we the people want. And we need to be the resistance against this growing menace of growing centralized government. Ultimately, it's in your hands. And it's in the voters' hands. Speaking of uh, interesting technology and tyranny, did you see where Ford Motor Company is uh, applying for a patent on technology that could shut down your car, that could turn off the air conditioners, um, failure to, it could turn off the window uh, devices, the electric windows? Yep. They've applied for that. Now, they've said they're not going to use it, but this was basically a technologically driven repossession tool <laughs> without the repo man coming. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm buying a car that has that kind of uh, technology in it. I guess no. uh, I guess that's just another version of the uh, breathe into this tube. And if you've had a glass of wine or a beer, you may not be able to start your car. <laughs> technology. We talked about it, Leo, on my weekday show, and a lot of uh, automotive technicians called me and said, you know, when they're working on a car, they ask them to breathe into those things. So that's the only way to stop the car. And they said, here I am breathing into this thing. Sometimes it takes a huge breath. Someone with respiratory disease can't even manage enough to mm. to, to do a proper test. And I guess that counts as a, as a positive test, you know, or, a, you know, like a like yeah. a too much alcohol test if you don't get enough air in it in any way. And others say you have to actually breathe in and out in some of these things. Can you imagine being an auto technician? You got to breathe in someone else's funky, you know, breathalyzer tube. I don't know, man. That's terrible. Yeah. I see a I see a return to old cars. You know, those are going to be flying off the shelves like hotcakes. And finally, before we close this off, I wanted to get you to weigh in. Power lifter Leah Almstead, producer of the Tobler Show, and others here on News Talk STL and CrossFit Gal. Did you see that a court has ruled that a a male power lifter can compete against women? Uh, this is up in Minnesota. A Minnesota district court judge ruled last week that. Um, he sided with a group called Gender Justice, who filed a complaint against USA Powerlifting after the group announced a 2019 policy to bar biological men. There was a guy named J.C. Cooper who wants to be a woman mm-hmm. and compete with the women. And uh, they said that uh, the Powerlifter USA group is discriminating. What do you say about that? Um, I think it's awful. I can't, I think... I already knew that a little bit about powerlifting, that they, <clears throat> I think, either in the past they have had uh, trans people compete or whatever, um, but I did see that article and I posted about it yesterday and I just I just said as a female who works my butt off to be the best weightlifter I can be, how is it fair for a guy that, a guy, a man, who probably wasn't yeah. good enough to compete in the men's division to just come into the women's right. division and smoke all of us that, you know, are working our butts off. Well, did you see where a volleyball team, I forget where it was, but a volleyball team uh, forfeited their games. And we're seeing mm-hmm. more and more of that. Uh, do you think that's ultimately the answer is just forfeit yeah. the game and don't don't allow them to compete? Yeah, 
I I would like yeah. if I were in a, a weightlifting or a CrossFit competition and I knew that's who I was going up against, I'd yeah. back out. You know. Yeah. Well, it's going to take people to draw a line in the sand, make some personal sacrifices, and maybe you know skip a competition. Uh, don't shop at places that are woke. Don't uh, fly on airlines that are woke. If you can help it, we've got to be the resistance, and we'll continue to fight that fight with you every Saturday from six to nine on one hundred one nine ninety four one News Talk STL for Leah Almstead, my producer. I'm Randy Tober. Thanks for being here. God willing, we'll see you next Saturday. Remember, with faith, family, and freedom. We're going to get this country back. Have a great weekend. Bosom that transfigures you and me as he died to make men holy. Let